Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Monday afternoon to you. I hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for joining us on Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. A little later in the show, Tim Bielik from the Plain Dealer at Cleveland.com will be along. We will talk some odds for some of the uh, players of the year and the Browns' win totals. We'll also get into some Cavs talk uh, about Kevin Love and Colin Sexton. But we begin by talking Browns. And whenever we talk Browns, we love to talk to Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Mary Kay, training camp um, starting to take shape. Um, do you get a sense that, that um, the Browns really starting to get excited about getting everybody uh, back there? First training camp that will be normal uh, for Kevin Stefanski as he didn't have any training camp a season ago. Yeah, it's going to be really nice to see the fans back at training camp. 2,000 fans a day will be allowed to be out there. Uh, you know, there's just so much more excitement at camp, even for the players when they're out there trying to get the work done in the dog days of summer when it's 85 degrees. Uh, there's just something about hearing those oohs and ahs and the roars from the fans when Odell Beckham Jr. makes a one-handed catch and, uh, you know, somebody breaks up a pass. Uh, those are the, the kinds of things that make training camp fun. Uh, so it will be the most normal training camp, obviously, for uh, Kevin Stefanski and his crew. And uh, and it's it won't be long now. The first practice, obviously, open to the public is July 30th. And they will ramp it up. So you're not going to see, you know, just, you know, full contact and that kind of stuff in the very early going. But there will be plenty to see. And again, there are a couple of practices before that, um, you know, the, the, the Wednesday and Thursday before that first one opened um, to the public. What about uh, players that you can't wait to see at training camp? What are, who are some guys that you're really anxious to see out doing football type stuff in a, um, in a teaching and, and learning kind of environment? Well, some of the guys that I can't wait to see are guys that are sort of new to the team, the Jadavian Clownies, uh, the John Johnson Threes, Troy Hill, Tack McKinley, uh, you know, the draft picks, Greg Newsome, JOK, Anthony Schwartz. I mean, that, that's probably, uh, you know, from, from a new guy standpoint, I'm really excited to see that. And then there are some guys coming off of injuries that I can't wait to see how they look. And that would be like Odell Beckham Jr., Grant Delpit, and Greedy Williams. When you, um, when you look at some candidates, who are some guys that you think could be surprises to make the roster? There's always guys that you think, uh, you know, and, and then there's two or three that kind of open everybody's eyes. Who are those kind of candidates um, that you think could end up 
earning a spot on the roster based on what they do in July in training camp? Well, there are a couple of guys on the back end of the roster that are, are really going to be working hard to make the team this year. One of those would be A.J. Green, a cornerback uh, that was a rookie last year, uh, an undrafted guy. So he's somebody to keep an eye on. And then Curtis Weaver, he was claimed via waivers from the Miami Dolphins. And he's somebody that, uh, you know, that has an opportunity to come in here and try to make the team. But, you know, they added Jadavian Clowney and they added Tack McKinley. So that it's not going to be an easy spot to make the team. Uh, but Curtis will be trying to do that. And then when you go over to the wide receiver room, uh, there are a couple guys there that, uh, you know, that will have to kind of fight for their spot. And one of those would be Jojo Natson, just because he's coming off of a torn ACL. He's got to prove that, uh, you know, that he's healthy and that he can overtake some of these guys because, of course, they, they drafted Anthony Schwartz. And, uh, you know, they also have Demetric Felton, who is working at wide receiver some. Uh, so those are some of the, the guys to kind of keep an eye out. But I get asked this a lot, you know, who are some bigger name guys that might get cut? I don't think there are going to be very many surprises when it comes to the roster decisions. I do believe that once the Browns get to this point, they will keep, uh, you know, they're 53. Some of them will end up on an injury list. And then a bunch of guys will end up on the practice squad. So I don't think that there will be very many surprises. I don't think we're going to be going, wow, I, I can't believe they cut so-and-so. I just don't envision that happening. Most of those major decisions have already been made. You've covered the team for a number of years. Do you ever remember a roster that from top to bottom is, um, is as strong as this? I mean, I, I know there were some good ones in the, um, in the 80s, but there's a lot of depth at a number of different positions. Yeah, I would say position by position, this is one of the best, most talented and deepest rosters that, that I have ever covered. Uh, so, yeah, I think that it is a team that should, at least on paper, have an opportunity to challenge to go very far. AFC Championship game, maybe even Super Bowl. Of course, you'd have to get back past Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's never going to be easy, but uh, they'll get a little sneak preview of that in the opener, which will be exciting. Um, so, yeah, I do think that, um, you know, that it is a very, very talented football team. And now they have the coaching staff that can match up to that and maximize that talent. Um, another position group that's kind of interesting is the defensive tackle group. Um, how tough is it going to be to, to um, who do you expect to make the team and who's challenging to make the team? Maybe, that, maybe that's a, a better way to, to put it out of the defensive tackle group. Well, Malik Jackson will make the team, as will Andrew Billings. And then Tommy Togiai, they drafted him fairly high out of Ohio State. So he's going to make the team. And then Jordan Elliott was their third-round draft pick for last year. So those four guys are locks to make the team. And then they have some young guys at the position that they like as well. Uh, they signed undrafted rookie Marvin Wilson out of Florida State. He's somebody that they really like. And then... Uh, they also signed Malik McDowell. Now, he was suffering with a hamstring injury throughout the spring, and so they didn't get a chance to really see what he was all about. But if he can come in here and show that he has turned his life around from some legal troubles that he got into and that he's healthy, I think they'd like to try to find a way to keep him around too. The other thing that's, that's really interesting, let's assume that Jadavian Clowney is, is healthy and able to go. How unique do you think it is that you have Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett? I mean, those are, those are two guys that are among the most athletic and explosive defensive ends 
um, as, as just as far as sheer athleticism goes in the NFL. Well, yeah, and that's why those guys were the number one overall picks in their respective years, which doesn't happen all that often with defensive guys because usually uh, that top spot is reserved for a quarterback. Uh, so to get that honor and that distinction of being picked number one overall uh, in the entire draft, that those are pretty lofty standards there. So uh, it is cool that they have these two guys on the ends. I think they will complement each other very well. I think they have some differing skill sets. They bring some things to the table. Jadavian Clowney sets the edge extremely well. Uh, he also puts on a lot of pressure, doesn't always necessarily get home to make the sack, uh, but if he is taking a little attention away from Miles, uh, that could pave the way for Miles to have really just a monster season, which is what the Browns really need him to have from start to finish. Put together a whole entire season and really make a run at NFL Defensive Player of the Year for the first time. Do you think um, we kept hearing versatility, versatility? Um, does that allow Joe Woods to do some unique things? And, and do you think they start working on those kind of things now? You know, this might be what we do against a personnel grouping like this. Oh, yeah, they started to work on it already during uh, during the mandatory mini camp. And then uh, some of the guys did stuff like that during the OTAs in the two weeks before that. And yes, Jadavian Clowney does have that versatility, as do many of the other guys. But Jadavian can pop inside, as can Miles. And then you've got Malik Jackson, who can play on the outside and in some ways almost has the body type of a defensive end. So you can move these guys around. You're never really going to quite know exactly where they are, especially on third down. And that is also a down where Miles Garrett, if he identifies a weakness on the offensive line and sees a matchup that he likes, uh, he's got the authority to say, hey, I want to play over that guy. Uh, so, you know, he can be either inside position, he could be on the left, he could be on the right. Uh, and, and he has the chance to say, you know, let me try to do this here. And we saw him have success with that last year where he would line up inside over a guard, an unsuspecting guard, and then, you know, squirt through and, and punch the ball out. So I think you'll see more of that this year. Yeah, trust Miles Garrett, uh, your best defensive player, to, to figure out a way to do what he does best. Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer in Cleveland.com, and I'm going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, uh, we're going to shift our attention a little bit to the offensive side of the ball. Three quarterbacks poised for their first ever 4,000-yard seasons. And is Baker Mayfield overlooked by the national media? Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is starting to get back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-Seek can help with full tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to trisc-edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory.
We continue talking Browns football with Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. So Mary Kay, DraftNetwork.com has three quarterbacks poised for their first ever 4,000-yard season this year. Joe Burrow from the Bengals, Kyler Murray from the Cardinals, Baker Mayfield from our Cleveland Browns. Um, what do you think? Is 4,000 yards realistic? Oh, I think 4,000 yards is very realistic, especially considering there are 17 games this year uh, in which to do that. And this offense is set up to be explosive, not just for half the season this year, kind of like it was last year, uh, but right from the jump. These guys are ready to roll, and they also have Odell Beckham Jr. back. Uh, so I, I think that that's definitely realistic. I think there is a misconception that Kevin Stefanski is a super run-oriented coach. He had to come here and do what was going to work for him. He ran the Gary Kubiak sort of run-oriented offense in Minnesota the year before. And when they came here and, and the pandemic hit and there was you know a, an abbreviated training camp and no offseason and no preseason games, you kind of had to go with what you know was going to work for you. So they didn't have time to implement all the new things and the new wrinkles and get the, the passing game up and running that they the way they would have wanted to from the start. But those days are over. These guys are ready to go. And uh, you're going to see some very creative and explosive things right from that Kansas City game. So, so maybe a better way to poise this. I was going to ask you, why does Baker Mayfield get overlooked by some national media? Let me pose it to you this way. Do you think that Baker Mayfield maybe gets un- overlooked by some of the national media? Well, we know that he does. You know, there are a few guys that are very vocal uh, about doing that, and one of them has always been Colin Cowherd. But another one lately has been Mike Tannenbaum from ESPN, uh, their front office analyst who has basically run both the Dolphins and the Jets, and he was here in Cleveland uh, back in the early 90s in the Bill Belichick regime. Uh, so, you know, he, he's been around a long time. He knows what he's talking about, and he does have – a lot of credibility as an ESPN analyst. Uh, and for whatever reason, he uh, does not buy into Baker Mayfield as an elite quarterback of the ilk of a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or, you know, a, a Tom Brady or, or one of those types of upper echelon quarterbacks. He's not seeing that. Uh, he feels that if you extend Baker Mayfield, that you are buying into mediocrity. So, you know, it's an interesting take. I don't agree with it just because I think that a lot of people are still looking at 2019 and basing their judgment of Baker Mayfield off what happened in that horrible, disastrous Freddie Kitchens year. Uh, And it's just, he, you know, people sort of need to leave that behind and and maybe move on from that a little bit. Uh, I think that the real Baker started to emerge halfway through last season. Now, Tannenbaum contends that he's a system quarterback, but I think he does some things exceptionally well. The first one of those things is the fact that he can really nail it when he's out on those keepers and those bootlegs. He can throw it extremely accurately when he's on the move, and I think that sets him apart from a lot of the others. Well, And, you know, the argument could be made that, you know, who isn't a system quarterback? Tom Brady doesn't run. You don't ask him to roll out and do things. His system is maintained in the pocket. Lamar Jackson, you ask him to roll out. You don't want him to beat you. Everybody has certain strengths, um, and there are very few quarterbacks, that, probably less than five, that you would say can pretty much do anything you want him to do. 
Well, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, what most coaches and most teams do is they adapt their offense to fit the skill set of the excellent quarterback they have at the time. It's what the Baltimore Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson. It's what the Kansas City Chiefs have done with Patrick Mahomes and so on and so forth. Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. You do, you work with what you have. But I think the point that Mike Tannenbaum is trying to make is there are certain systems and some people say that this one is it. Uh, it's the one that Kyle Shanahan runs. It's the one that, uh, you know, it's the one that um, Matt LaFleur runs. And basically, I think the point is that you can take any good or above average quarterback, plug him into this particular system, which is very quarterback friendly. And a lot of these guys are going to excel. Uh, you know, some think that's the reason you could put a Case Keenum into the Vikings offense uh, that year when uh, when Kevin Stefanski was his quarterback's coach and he goes 11 and three and takes them to the NFC championship game. So I think that's the point that he's trying to make that that he is a quarterback well suited to this particular system, which makes the most out of quarterbacks that aren't necessarily in that elite category. So, you know, this is great. He's doing Baker Mayfield a favor. He's giving Baker an opportunity to prove him wrong, which Baker actually functions best when he feels like people are doubting him. Uh, so I am anxious to see how he responds to some of this. Yeah, and you know what? That's good coaching. If, if you're playing to a quarterback strength, quarterback's most important position probably in all of sports. And if your coach plays to his strengths, finally we have a coach doing what is smart for the football team. Absolutely. And, and these guys do a nice job of it. And I don't think they've even scratched the surface yet because not only do you have Kevin Stefanski, who is an excellent coach in his own right and has worked with many quarterbacks over the years, but you have Alex Van Pelt, who's a really, really good offensive coordinator, also working with Baker and as his quarterbacks coach, they've overhauled his footwork. They've tweaked his mechanics. Uh, they've got him once again, uh, they're doing a lot of play action. They're doing a lot of keepers. They're doing a lot of things that he does well. I think this year they will add in letting him have a little bit more autonomy at the line to do to call his own plays or to change things up with tempo. Uh, I think he's earned the right with what he showed last year that he can handle a little bit more on his plate in terms of audibleizing and things like that. Yeah, and I would agree, and, and it'll be fun to see. So let's hope um, if Baker Mayfield has the type of season that I think both you and I think he has, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun in the fall. All right, so here's a question from draftnetwork.com um, again. How do the Browns have a successful season? And uh, here's what they had to say. This is kind of interesting. Browns need to act like a playoff team for the entirety of the 2021 season that isn't just beating bad teams anymore. Now it's time to beat the good teams in September and October and all the way into January. I, I think that's a, a fair assessment. Um, they beat the teams they were supposed to beat last year. Um, I think the, the next growth step is, yeah, let's see them beat some good teams. Agree? Yes, I, I do actually agree. I think I don't think enough people are pointing out uh, that they do have to take that next step and prove that they can beat the really, really good teams on a consistent basis. Now, they beat the Colts last year, and they beat the Titans, and those were good, really good teams. Uh, so it's not like they didn't beat any. They beat some really good teams. But uh, they still struggled to get past Baltimore. And in the early going, when Pittsburgh had its full complement of players, they did not beat uh, Pittsburgh during the regular season. Uh, they obviously killed them in the playoffs, but um, but they they did not uh, they did not beat them in the season finale, a game they needed to win. 
that was basically kind of like the B team. So I do think that they need to consistently show that they can beat the better teams. And what a better way to do that than to go out and knock those Chiefs off in the season opener. And I could actually kind of see it happening. All right. What do you think? Um, do you think? Do you think the Browns can live up to uh, the Super Bowl hype? You know what? That's a great question. It's a great question. I think they have a good chance this year because I think Kevin Stefanski will do a phenomenal job of kind of getting their heads in the right place as they head into this season. He will remind them that they finished third in the AFC North last year. They didn't win the division. They finished third in the division right above the Bengals. So I think that's a good reminder for them. And then there are a lot of other things that he will point out that they did need that final game to make the playoffs. Uh, If they don't win that game, they're not making the postseason. Uh, so these are some things that, that I think he will be harping on, and he'll do what he did last year, and that it's keep laser-focused on the next game. Don't talk about the Super Bowl. Let all that noise come from the outside. Don't get caught up in the hype. Just do what you have to do to prepare today to be better than you were yesterday and to go out and contribute to a victory on Sunday. Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for The Plain Dealer, as well as Cleveland.com, and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, We'll dive a little deeper into Joe Woods' defense, what it might look like, and Sports Illustrated, six pitfalls for the Browns to avoid. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Better days are ahead. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try seeking help with full tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for online and on-campus summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. COVID-19 has changed how we show up and show out with our family. Now it's time to take the first step that lets us get back to talking smack with the side of mac and cheese. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts. As COVID-19 vaccines become available, you may have questions. Should I get it? Is it safe? Should I wait? It's smart to question. Now, get the facts at GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. We continue talking Browns football with Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for The Plain Dealer, as well as Cleveland.com. So, Mary Kay, Joe Woods' defense, um, last year they didn't make a big deal of it, but they were injured, they were beat up pretty significantly pretty much all year. What do you think this defense looks like? How different? Do you think they blitz more? Um, I could see them being very game plan specific, too. So, different guys playing different um, positions based on the matchups that Joe Woods wants to try to, to get after? They will be very game plan specific. I don't think that 
on any side of the ball, including special teams, that you can lock these guys into one way of doing things. I think that uh, they will adapt to what they have to do that week to win the game. Uh, but there will be certain things about a Joe Woods defense that, uh, you know, that, that you will recognize. Uh, they're going to be very, very aggressive. Uh, it's an attack-minded front. So you, when you've got guys like, um, you know, like Miles Garrett that, you know, just want to go forward and, you know, and just attack the quarterback, they will have opportunities to do that. So, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to be conservative in any way in that regard. And then um, they will be multiple in the back end. I mean, they'll play, uh, they'll play zone, they'll play man, whatever it calls for. Uh, but I do think that, um, that you'll see a lot of different kinds of fronts. I mean, you'll see, you know, sometimes you'll see only two linebackers on the field. You'll see five and six defensive backs. Uh, they will do all different kinds of things. And, but one of the things that they will emphasize really heavily, and that is takeaways. They're going to really go for that football, whether it be interceptions, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries. They're going to be very, very aggressive in going after the ball. So Sports Illustrated has uh, six potential pitfalls for the 21, uh, 2021 season for the Browns. Um, first one, and tell me if you think these are likely or, or not likely. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't work out. Unlikely. I just don't see how that could even be possible. He's so talented. And even last year, when you look uh, at that Dallas game, he just put the team on his back and, and scored three touchdowns in that game, including the, the game clincher. Uh, so I, I just don't see that happening. I think that he and Baker will flourish together this season. Uh, the only thing that Odell probably won't get is as many opportunities as he's going to want because he's ready to run through a wall right now. Uh, and there are just so many players on this football team uh, that deserve an opportunity to get the ball a lot that it's just going to be hard to emphasize one guy every single week. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things is winning cures that a lot with players like Odell. If, if, if wins are what matter most, I believe. All right, tight ends don't produce enough relative to the rest of the offense. Um, is that a concern? Well, you know, I do think that, once again, Austin Hooper and Baker Mayfield will fare better together this year. I think there was an adjustment period last year. I think Austin Hooper is one of those players like Odell Beckham Jr., who spent the first part of his career with a certain quarter with one quarterback. And then it was a little bit hard to adjust to the speed of the ball coming in and to all the other nuances between a quarterback and his receiver. So I think that Austin Hooper will be better this year with Baker. And I also think that Harrison Bryant will take a step up in his second season. And then Dave Njoku was not bought in at this time last year. He still had one foot out the door at this time last season. And he just, didn't really want to be here. And that continued on through the year, all the way through the trading deadline. Uh, then when, when it became apparent that obviously he wasn't going anywhere, uh, he did the best he could uh, to leave it all out on the field and give everything that he had. And I thought he had a really nice game against the Kansas City Chiefs. One of the, one of the few offensive guys that really was able to stand out in that game and make a difference. Uh, so if that's the David Njoku that you're going to get from the start this year, then I think that's important because I think he's a really good football player. And if he has a chance to show it uh, and gets his opportunities, I, I think he can make some noise. Um, so number three on this list, the pass rush doesn't deliver. Again, you know, you can, you can write down anything that you want, but it, I mean, really, realistically, 
I don't see how the pass rush is not going to deliver when you have one of the best pass rushers in the NFL in Miles Garrett, and now you are complimenting him not only with Jadavian Clowney and Tack on the other side, uh, but you've got Malik Jackson on the inside who's also going to get some good pressure. So I, I just don't see how that's not going to happen, especially because, as I mentioned, they will be uh, letting those guys eat. You know, they're going to have them uh, just attacking and, and going for it. And I think Miles is just going to play with his hair on fire. Yeah, and the other thing is, is with the defensive linemen, there's so many potential guys that could step up. Somebody's going to come out of nowhere and, and have a really good season. You know, one of the guys that we've talked about, you know, that they brought in, that always happens. Um, number four on this list, linebacker issue not resolved. Well, you know, first of all, the, the linebacking core in this defense doesn't necessarily have to be the strength of the defense. And it probably won't be the strength of the defense this season. Once again, we're not even sure how many linebackers are going to play throughout the football game. There could be two linebackers on the field a lot of the time when you are in your sub packages. Uh, So I don't think they're asking the linebackers to go out and rule the world. I think that they just need them to be a lot better than they were last year. And in a perfect world, if you can get JOK to be forcing some fumbles and to be doing some things in that sort of hybrid role where he's covering tight ends and, you know, rushing the quarterback and tackling and all the different things that he's slated to do, uh, then then they'll be happy with the linebacking core. Yeah, I think that's kind of more is made of that from a national perspective as far as the linebacking core. The, I think the, the local folks kind of realize it's going to be um, something that isn't really a focus of the defense. Uh, five, corners other than Denzel Ward struggle. Is that a concern? No. I, no, I don't think so. I mean – Greg Newsom, I mean, as a rookie, maybe he'll have some of his growing pains. Uh, but Troy Hill, the the slot corner, he's he's a really good, savvy veteran. And then uh, then you've got Greedy Williams. As long as Greedy's healthy, uh, I think he will play better than he did in his rookie year. He's worked really, really hard to come back from and rebound from this injury and also from a little bit of a shaky rookie year. So I think he'll be a lot better uh, just from a cerebral standpoint. He's studied the game. He studies film. Uh, he's working really hard at it. So, no, I, I don't see that happening. And the last one on this list, uh, they say Baker Mayfield struggles. Uh, just your, your reaction to that. Once again, when you have arguably one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, you've got arguably one of the best tight end cores, running backs, wide receiver rooms. I think and now a defense that compliments him and should be giving him the ball back in really good, favorable territory a lot. I think it would be hard not to succeed, especially once again, as we mentioned, with this coaching staff and the play calling and the way that they will put these guys in position uh, to to excel. The other thing is, uh, you know, some of it is going to depend on the level of competition. The Browns don't even know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing against them in that Green Bay game. They don't even know if Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback for the Houston Texans. So some of it is the level of competition that you're playing. And those are two games right there that you can look at and say, you know, those two games might not be what you originally thought they could be. Yeah, I, um, I'm with you. I think Baker Mayfield's going to end up having a, a pretty big season. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot and I are going to step aside, take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, ESPN future power rankings. So they take a look at a three-year window and uh, rank all 32 of the NFL teams. We'll tell you where the Browns sit in that ranking. We'll also talk a little bit about contract extensions with the Browns. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back.
When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time and make things easier. That's why we created My Social Security. A My Social Security account allows you to access your earnings history and benefits information, request a replacement Social Security card, get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Sports for CLE continues. We continue talking Browns football with Mary Kay Cabot, Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. So ESPN future power rankings. So the next three years, top team in the NFL, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number two, Ravens, number three, Bills, number four, Cleveland Browns, number five. And, and Mary Kay, when you look at that, that's a lot of the young top quarterbacks and Tom Brady, who apparently they think is still going to be able to play for three more years. <laughs> that would be remarkable. But considering that he uh, earned Super Bowl MVP honors with the torn, fully torn MCL, I suppose anything is possible. Uh, so, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I would say that the Browns are right there in the conversation with with the best teams going forward. Uh, there are there are some other young quarterbacks that I think could impact a list like that, and that's like Justin Herbert of the Chargers. I'm very anxious to see what he's going to be able to do. He obviously had an amazing rookie year. If he takes that next jump up that you expect uh, young quarterbacks like that to take, then uh, you know then he, they're going to be really really good and dangerous beginning with this year. Uh, then of course you've got Matt Stafford uh, playing for the for the Rams, and you know I think that could be very very significant if they can bring out the best in him. So it should be an interesting couple of years. The other thing I'd say about the Browns is a number, most of their players are um, still ascending. This is a really young roster. In addition to the quarterback, I mean Nick Chubb hasn't gotten his second contract. A couple of the guys on the line are a little older, but you also have some younger guys. It's a very young and up-and-coming roster as well. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you've got Jarvis and Odell. You're going to have to make some decisions potentially on them after this year. But um, just in terms of, again, your quarterback, you know, Miles is, is obviously still in his prime. 
you've got, you know, Denzel, Nick, all these guys are still in, in the prime of their career. And then you've added a lot of really good young guys like Greg Newsome uh, and JOK, Anthony Schwartz uh, to the mix. So uh, I think that they are poised for sustained success. All right, let's um, turn our attention. Everybody's still wondering um, extensions. Nick Chubb, Wyatt Teller, Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield. Have you heard anything? Um, is there anything moving on uh, on the extension front that you're aware of? Well, I actually think that you know things could a few things could get rolling over the next few weeks because uh, most people in the NFL kind of take a few weeks off, chill out, spend some time with their families, and now it is time to kind of get back down to work and and see what you can get done. I still don't. Uh, anticipate that Baker Mayfield will be extended by the time training camp starts on July 28th. I'm just not thinking that anybody's in that much of a rush to get that done that quickly. I think there are some other priorities for the Browns before that because Baker has his fifth-year option picked up. Denzel has his fifth-year option picked up. So I think they'll probably work on some of the guys that, uh, you know, maybe more like the Nick Chubb, Wyatt Teller, uh, Ronnie Harrison, guys like that that aren't under contract uh, after this year. So I think they'll get some things done. I don't think that um, that there's anything for people to really worry about. They will keep who they want to and can keep, and I think that's most of the guys that you would think that they would. The other thing is, is um, people always look and see their they have a a chunk of money under the cap. One of the one of the largest chunks. I think Andrew Barry was doing that because he knew he has these extensions, so you can use some of that cap money to to lighten the blow later in the contracts for these extensions, correct? Yeah, and, and the other you can just get creative in a, in a lot of different ways as you move forward and when these extensions start to come due. Uh, because even if you do some of these right now, you're not going to be paying out the big cap number necessarily right away. Um, but, you know, one of the things that you could look at next year, for instance, would be to restructure the contracts of an Odell Beckham Jr. and a Jarvis Landry to give them a little bit more guaranteed money to lower their cap number uh, and sort of a win-win situation for everyone. So um, what are some of the things that you're working on? Give us a, a, a preview, some of the things that uh, we can expect to see from you coming up um, in, as training camp gets closer and closer. So tell us, uh, tell us what you're doing and, and what we can look forward to reading. You know, just just some some issues. I, I I am curious to dive in a little bit and see why Mike Tannenbaum is um, is you know giving Baker a little bit of a difficult time there. Uh, so I wanted to explore that a little bit. Uh, there are a few other stories that I that I'm working on. I also uh, you know I'm very interested in the notion of how Baker Mayfield has matured both on and off the field. Uh, so looking into things like that, um, I want to um, explore. Miles Garrett's ability to actually make a serious run at NFL Defensive Player of the Year this year and what that is going to take, what he has to do to get that, and who he has to go up against. So those are some of the things I'm, I'm working on. All right, before we let you go, um, there's some word out of New England that uh, Stefan Gilmore and the Patriots have not, um, ha have not had any contract talk. Um, he is a guy that very well may hold out. Um, he would need a contract extension a new contract seven million this year but he's looking for another contract uh, the other name that's coming up is Zaven Howard an, another really good cornerback um, and some of the national things have the Browns trading like a two a four and Greedy Williams to get Zaven Howard do any of those things trying to go get Gilmore or Zaven Howard 
make any sense for the Browns, or is that not something this front office would be looking at? Well, because they drafted Greg Newsome in, with their first-round pick, and I, they believe that he is going to be their starting cornerback, and they have Denzel Ward, I don't know if they want to give up the farm necessarily uh, to, to get one of those other cornerbacks. They will explore anything they can to improve the football team. And Andrew Berry will always be very aggressive in that regard. But I, I don't see them uh, giving up too much of the farm to acquire a guy like that when you probably have your starting cornerbacks for the foreseeable future. All right, lot. I'm sneaking one more in there on you. Um, what second-year player do you think uh, can make the biggest jump, uh, can open some eyes this year? Uh, well, one that I've been talking about a lot would be uh, a Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think he's someone that showed last year that he deserves more targets. I thought he was very poised with the opportunities that he got. He only had two touchdown catches, but he made the most of them. Uh, one of them won the Bengals game. The other one was the difference in the Titans game. Uh, I think he's got big play ability, and I think that he's somebody that is poised to take a nice big jump this year. Yeah, my guy is Jedrick Wills. I, I think – I think what he did switching sides without any training camp and any preseason games, really good. And I think with Bill Callahan able to do a little bit more with him, I, I think he could end up really, really making a jump at that left tackle spot. Yeah, he, he definitely could. Uh, he definitely could. And he does uh, need to kind of pick up his game in the, in the run blocking realm. He did a really nice job in pass blocking, uh, but also it should be noted they didn't face you know the best most rabid pass rushers in the nfl so these guys are going to have to be ready for a little bit uh more attacking from some of these teams um but i think he'll be ready for it and as you mentioned i think he's ready to take that next leap up into his sophomore year mary Kay cabot brown's beat reporter for the plane dealer as well as cleveland.com mary Kay, as always thank you so much for the time and the insight thanks very much my pleasure all right, Mary Kay Cabot, make sure you read her in The Plain Dealer as well as on Cleveland.com. We're going to step aside, take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, Tim Bielek from The Plain Dealer will join us. We'll talk some odds. Defensive player of the year. Is Miles Garrett the favorite? We'll let you know. Also, coach of the year. Where's Kevin Stefanski fit into the coach of the year odds? Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is starting to get back on track and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try seeking help with full tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tryc-edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. As the COVID-19 vaccines become available, you might be asking yourself, should I get it? And if I do, will I be able to go about life without putting my family at risk? You've got questions, and that's normal. The fact is, the vaccines are safe and effective. They're going to save lives. To get the latest on the COVID-19 vaccines, visit GetVaccineAnswers.org. Because getting back to the moments we miss starts with getting informed. It's up to you.
Welcome back to Sports for CLE. We continue talking Browns football, and uh, we welcome in Tim Bielek, a reporter for The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Tim, we're going to talk a little bit about odds, and this one surprised me a little bit. So the odds for the Defensive Player of the Year in the NFL this year, according to BetOnline.ag, Miles Garrett, the favorite at plus 300. So if you bet $100, you, you get 300. Number two is Aaron Donald, who I thought would have been uh, the favorite. He's plus 550. Chase Young is third. T.J. Watt fourth. Nick Bosa fifth. What do you make of Miles Garrett uh, being the favorite for Defensive Player of the Year? I feel like Aaron Donald should be kind of penned in as the favorite every single year just because of how dominant he is. But I think it says a lot for, you know, how much the odds makers liked what they saw to Miles Garrett in the first half of last season. I mean, he had... I believe it was strip sacks in three consecutive games early in the season. He looked like he was going to have a shot at defensive player of the year before he un- unfortunately contracted COVID-19. Then unfortunately for him and the Browns, he wasn't the same guy the rest of the way, which obviously took him out of the running for defensive player of the year. But it seems like he's healthy. He says he's healthy. You know, hopefully for him in offseason, you know, getting back to full conditioning, his body to recover, Hopefully that'll get him going. And if he could perform the way we saw in the first half of last season, no reason to think he shouldn't be in the conversation at least. The other thing I'd say is uh, they gave a lot of pieces uh, in that defense that could help. You know, Jadavian Clowney. I mean, if he's healthy, think about that. Um, and, and you just upgraded that defense at every level. Absolutely. You give him another defensive end in Clowney who's – you're going to have to make decisions about who to double team. That's going to benefit Miles Garrett. You really improve the secondary, especially at safety with the signing of John Johnson. You got a healthy, what we think is going to be a healthy Grant Delpit coming into this season. You add Troy Hill at corner. You draft Greg Newsom at corner. You bolster the back seven more with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, giving more help up front, especially at the other end, another quality starter in Clowney plus improved coverage means should be an easier opportunity to get to the quarterback. You know, there's, I think coverage plays a little bit into the pass rush more than we realize. If you give a defensive end like Garrett an extra half second to a second to get after the quarterback, he should have more chances to get more hits, potentially more sacks and create some more havoc back there. He just didn't have that a year ago. Uh, Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. All right. So coach of the year odds. Uh, Again, this is on uh, betonline.ag. Favorite is Brian Flores from Miami, which is a little bit of a surprise. Ron Rivera from Washington football team um, is second. Uh, Flores plus 700, plus 750, so you bet 100, you win 700. Smith, uh, rookie head coach of the Falcons, is third. Uh, Brandon Staley, rookie head coach for the Chargers, fourth at plus 1,400. Then Bill Belichick and Kevin Stefanski, both at plus 1,600, are uh, fifth. So fifth favorite to, to win it. And um, for me, you know, I don't know if Kevin Stefanski is the favorite, but if you're mentioned in the same breath with Bill Belichick, odds makers are showing a little bit of respect to Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw obviously him winning coach of the year had, a, you know, that there was a lot of that because of the fact that the Browns had the turnaround. And I kind of think of coach of the year in some ways as, you know, who engineers the best turnaround. So maybe, as good as a good as good a job as Stefanski did uh, this past season to win the award, he's going to have to do even better if he wants to win it again. I was kind of thinking, you know, 
if he was going to win it again, they would have to have the best record in football. You know, they would have to go 14 to three, 15 or two, beat out Kansas City for the number one spot in the AFC to really have a shot at the award again. That would be the only way I think he gets it. Some of the other candidates you mentioned, Brian Flores in Miami, I think he's got a real good shot to get it, especially if they can push Buffalo all the way in the AFC East. Uh, Brandon Steely with the Chargers is interesting because we saw how good Justin Herbert was in his first season in, in the NFL. I mean, I worry, you know, about the, him changing offenses, but you bring in a coach in Staley who's very smart, certainly had a lot of, did a lot of good things with the Rams last season, leading the defense to be the number one defense in football. Very creative. I think he's he would be one of the guys I think is kind of a sleeper for that position. But yeah, you said it. When you're mentioning the same breath with Bill Belichick for coach of the year, it says something. Yeah, and you mentioned Staley. That's a guy that uh, coached at John Carroll with Tom Arth not that long ago before he got into the NFL um, with the Bears and has ascended to head coaching job very, very quickly. Also a local guy from um, Lake County out in Perry. So um, we'll keep an eye on, on uh, Brandon Staley. Uh, let's move on to defensive rookie of the year. Uh, favorite, uh, Jamin Davis. is uh, Jamin Davis plus 400 which is very interesting. Mike Parsons is second, plus 550. Jalen Phillips uh, from the Dolphins, plus 700. J.C. Horn from Carolina is uh, plus 1,000. Awusu Koromoa is fifth. Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, plus 1,200. Greg Newsom, 16th at plus 2,800. I'm intrigued by uh, Jamin Davis being the favorite. I, that, that has, that's a head-scratcher. I know he's really good. Uh, but Parsons, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Awusu Koromoa uh, finds his way onto the field as a starter. He does some things that I think could be, you know, defensive rookie of the year worthy. Yeah, I mean, no question about it. You mentioned, obviously, Jamie Davis being at the top of the list. It kind of reflects the weird draft. I mean, we did have a defensive player get taken in this draft until the eighth pick overall. That was J.C. Horn. Who went to the Panthers, like you mentioned, obviously he's high up in those in that odds list. So I think it kind of reflects how wide open this defensive rookie of the year race could be. There wasn't a Chase Young in this draft. There wasn't a Bosa in this draft who was taken second or third overall that really kind of sets the table. So you're kind of in an interesting position that we rarely ever see where it's just kind of like you're pulling, you're kind of got a bunch of names in a hat. You're kind of picking to see who could go where. I Davis seems like a reasonable pick right now just because of who he's playing behind, and he's playing behind a very good defensive front in Washington, featuring, of course, Chase Young, who won a, a year ago. You've got um, – and and from a Browns perspective, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa certainly has got an opportunity. I talked before, you know, about him around draft season, how I thought his playmaking was tremendous. He plays downhill. He really does a lot of great things in certain situations. I'm just so fascinated what Joe Woods is going to do to get the most of him, how he's going to utilize him. Because I think he's a guy who, in JOK, he's a guy who I could see his role really expand more and more as the season goes on. Maybe he gets in positions early on where he gets comfortable, you know, where he doesn't, he isn't asked to do too much as he learns to speed of the NFL. But as time goes on, I could see him just getting more and more opportunities to shine in pass rush or coverage or run stopping, you name it. He's a guy that can really excel in all those areas. So in a wide open field, there wouldn't be a bad flyer to take. 
All right, so um, last part before we take a quick break. Uh, odds makers have the Browns' win total, 10 and a half. Uh, what do you make of that? I think it's probably a little low. I, I, I mean, 11 and a half would be fair, I think, because, again, we're, we're talking about a couple things here. We're talking, first off, that this is a defense that on paper has improved significantly. This was a defense that was devoid of talent in large areas in the back seven. I mean, you could see it in the safety position when Ronnie Harrison got hurt. They really were struggling at that part of the defense. Linebackers, you know, were still kind of, there's still questions about them, whether they can have a guy who can really step up at that position. But, you know, all the moves they made in the offseason, we talked John Johnson, we talked Troy Hill, um, drafting Greg Newsom, drafting JOK, signing Jadavian Clowney. There's no reason it shouldn't be leaps and bounds better than a year ago when they went 11 to five. And second of all, I mean, we're, we're talking about a 17 game schedule here. That's an extra game. You know, they're going to play the Cardinals who I've said is kind of a, or a tricky team to gauge, but I look at where the Browns are going into the season. You got Baker Mayfield going to a second season with a coaching staff for the first time in his career. I'm fascinated how that turns out because considering what he showed in the second half of last season, there's no reason to expect he shouldn't be even better than he was at that time. So I think 10 and a half seems low. I mean, I kind of think 12 and five, 13 or four are very reasonable expectations for the team, especially if the defense plays up to its potential. Yeah, you and I are thinking um, along the same same lines. I, I think I said that uh, on Friday, actually. 12, 12 or 13 wins uh, would not surprise me. Tim Bielek and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, we're going to take a look at the odds for MVP. Where does Baker Mayfield fit into the equation? We'll also shift our focus, talk a little bit of Cavs, Kevin Love, Colin Sexton. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Continue talking Browns football with Tim Bielek from the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Tim, uh, MVP odds, again, uh, betonline.ag. Patrick Mahomes, the favorite, plus 400. Josh Allen, second, plus 900. Matthew Stafford is third at plus 1,000. Baker Mayfield, ninth at plus 1,800. Actually, eighth. He's tied with Rodgers and uh, Russell Wilson. Again, pretty good company to be in if you're Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and I'm honestly surprised the odds for uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are that low. We've seen them just have incredible seasons year after year after year. But I think, yeah, you brought up a good point that, you know, putting Mayfield in, in the company with those two guys speaks volumes of, you know, the way he played in the second half of the season, the way he played in the playoffs, which I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. He really he had only one interception. I know that game against the Steelers was about, you know, jumping out to that 28 nothing lead, but I think Mayfield had a lot to do with it. He threw a couple touchdown passes. You know, he was effective right away. He, 
he looked like he was ready for the playoff spotlight. You know, again, that pick against the Chiefs proved cost proved costly. He could have really gotten them back into the game earlier and not put them in the position where they needed a defensive stop in the final minutes to get the football back. But even in that game, he made some tremendous throws, including one, I believe, was to Donovan Peoples-Jones, where he's got a defender all over him. He drops it perfectly into place. Shows Those two games showed me that he's still got plenty of room. He can still go and that he can play at a very high level. And the continuity of being with the same coaching staff, you know, being in Kevin Stefanski's offense for the second year in a row, listening to Alex Van Pellet, you know, devising schemes for the second year in a row, he hasn't had that before. He hasn't had that luxury that guys like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen have had where they can, you know, have that continuity where you don't have to relearn a new offense. I think that sh- that certainly has the arrow pointing up on Mayfield going into this season. Yeah, so we're going to shift our focus. Let's talk a little bit about Cavaliers. Uh, Kevin Love withdraws from the Olympics. How big of a concern is that if you're Kobe Altman in the Cavs? I think it's pretty big. Got to be a pretty big concern. I mean, obviously, you know, that calf that was bothering him at the end of last season seems like it hasn't gone away. You know, Love in the Olympics would have been, you know, a shot to create some trade value for Kevin Love. I know there's really not a lot out there, if any, because he he's had such a problem with injuries. He's got a, a massive contract that's still got one more season left after this year at a high number that teams just don't seem to, that won't be going for. It may be a little more valuable in a year when it becomes an expiring deal, but it really kind of takes the value of a trade off the board, unless you're going to pair him with a Colin Sexton to try and get money to match um, in a big move somewhere down the line. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Colin Sexton. Do you think um, because he's going to expect a, a contract, uh, not this year, but next, and um, word is he's going to want a lot of money. Do you try to trade him? And if so, what do you think you can get for a Colin Sexton? Yeah, this is a question I kind of have been weighing a little bit. Obviously, I think it depends on, you know, who you take third overall. If you if Evan Mobley's there and you take him, maybe you're not necessarily trading Colin Sexton. You're kind of in wait and see mode when it comes to a restricted free agent, maybe. I think if you take Jalen Green or if you trade out for Cade Cunningham, you sit there and you take Jalen Suggs, then you move Sexton and you see what you can get for him. You know, I was thinking about, you know, what, there was rumors that the Knicks were, you know, one of the teams really chasing after Colin Sexton. And I sat there for a while trying to think of a good package the Knicks could offer for Sexton. And I really had a hard time thinking of one. I mean, the assets that they have really just don't seem to fit, you know, what I think you can get, which is maybe not an all-star play, all-star caliber player, but a guy who could certainly, you know, challenge for one because Colin Sexton was challenging for one for most of last season. And the Knicks just don't really have that. I mean, if they were to, if they want to include a guy like Mitchell Robinson in the deal, the Cavs already have a shot blocking center in Jared Allen. You know, Kevin Knox obviously has not played well. You know, he was picked one pick after Colin Sexton, and he just has not really panned out the way I think everybody thought he was going to. So th- that would probably force, you know, a third team to get involved if the Knicks really wanted to get Colin Sexton. But I think if you're Kobe Allman, if you're going to trade Colin Sexton, you have to find a way to get a player who can step in, you know, playing the wing position, a guy who's got versatility and who can really shoot the basketball. Because I think those are things that this team really needs to get to the next level, along with the quality of player you're going to get with the third pick. 
Tim Bielek, reporter for The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Tim, as always, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much. You got it. Thanks for having me. All right, Tim Bielek. Make sure you read them in the pages of The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. That'll do it for this edition of Sports 4 CLE. Tomorrow, a special edition from Ford Field, Mid-American Conference Football Media Day. We'll hear from all the coaches, a couple of players from each team, a special edition of Sports for CLE from Mac Football Media Day. That's tomorrow. We'll see you then right here on Sports for CLE.